You're listening to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast, episode 33. Welcome to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast, where positivity and spirituality create an enhanced life's journey with the wisdom of Ifa and Orisha. I am your host, Iya Omileti Olubumi. Welcome to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. I am Iya Omileti. Thank you for spending some of your time with me to talk about all things Orisha, spirituality, and growth. So turn up the volume in your car or put on your earbuds and grab a cup of coffee or tea or something fun to drink and let's chat. Happy New Year, everyone. It's finally a great time to say bye-bye to 2019. I hope that you had a great holiday time with your families and friends. This was the first time in a very, very long time that I took the entire holiday season off. And oh my goodness, it was such a needed thing. Let me know in the comments what awesomeness you experienced during the holiday season. I'd love to hear it, whether you traveled, whether you just stayed at home and you just stuck with your family and your friends, and what did you do just for the fun of it? And I'll start. I enjoyed being in pajamas quite a bit and not having to rush out to do anything over the holiday season. So woohoo for me, because that was a first. It made me so grateful to spend a bit more relaxing time with the fams instead of rushing to go here and rushing to go there and hosting a million things and a dinner because hosting dinners can get very crazy. So I'm very grateful for that. So let me know in the comments, either here on the podcast, on iTunes, on YouTube, just let me know. What did you do? What did you enjoy? What were you grateful for? I have a couple of things before we get started. Look out for this podcast on YouTube. If it's easier to listen while in YouTube, why not? Be sure to subscribe and to click on the little bell icon so that you know the second that I upload a new episode for you. I'll put all of the info and links on the show notes so you don't have to worry about it right now. I want to thank all of you who have written to me during the holidays and before that. I want you to know that I read each and every one of your messages I do my best to respond to everyone. If I didn't respond to you, I'm so sorry. I do try and I do appreciate you all. I know that some of you have messaged me on the need and the want of more podcast episodes. And I'm here to say that, yes, they are coming. However, just be patient with me as I have had a burst of creativity, on this one, and I've put much time aside on inspirational and Orisha-inspired artwork. 
And yes, the launch of the Arisha Traditions greeting cards was a thing, and it's still a thing, and that has taken quite a chunk of my time. So I am going to link on the show notes where you can see some of these things. For example, I post often on Instagram, and my handle is Iya Omiletti on Insta. So be sure to check out what's new on the artsy world. Truthfully, this has been taking most of my non-working, non-family waking hours, and I'm so happy to share them with you all. I have had all kinds of inspirational images in my mind, and it's been interesting trying to translate them from the mind to paper and then adding color. Speaking of artsy Orisha things, I'm working on a page revamp. And although you can still find me on Etsy by checking out Olubumi Creations, I'll be working on getting all of those new art pieces created into its own page. And yes, that is coming. I don't have an ETA as the back-end techie stuff takes a bit of time, but it is coming. Last one for the now. Alejos 101 will be opening for the first time this year in 2020. If you are new to the Orisha traditions and have no community, have been around, and you haven't had a good experience, or you've lost your godparent and are seeking on the how of these traditions, then this amazing program may be for you. Go to www.alejos101.com forward slash join. The link is in there for you to join the wait list. And once you join, I will let you know. Note, there will be only one live webinar this month, and that will be on the 16th. So please, please, please look out for those emails. If you have signed up for the VIP waitlist, just look for them, and especially in those weird folders. It's sad when folks reach out to me after the fact because, oh my God, something happened, they missed it, the emails went to another folder, or it started raining Skittles. You do not want to miss a chance to have a community, to have weekly calls, and other great things that come along with that program. Whew! Okay, that is it for now on the announcements. Let's get to the nitty gritty of this episode. This episode is most likely going to have to be done in pieces because there is no way that all of the topics and discussions could be covered in any one episode. A lot of you may be part of forums, Facebook groups, and anywhere to chat with anyone, and you will hear about when priests have been sexually inappropriate with clients or their godchildren. Some of these stories are pretty graphic, and they are all sad. So this episode took me a really long time to bring up because These are one of those very uncomfortable conversations that should really be happening. So we can start to have those conversations here. There is a 
big misconception that because this is a spiritual arena, that it shouldn't happen. And if you think this way, you're right, but partially. Sexual misconduct shouldn't happen in any arena, but it still does. So let's jump in. Just because the person is an initiated Orisha priest, Baba Lao, Palero, or Baba of the Pink Flamingos, this will not mean that everyone is safe. The challenge is that if a person has a bad habit or a predatory demeanor, initiating into the mysteries of the Pink Flamingos isn't going to change that Baba. He will just be a sexual predator who happens to be a priest of the Pink Flamingos. Having this as a starting point should let you know that if no initiation keeps anyone in the free and clear, we must all exercise caution when working with priests in the beginning or just all the time, even if you know them for years, because folks with bad habits tend to hide their skeletons in their closets really well. I'm going to give you some helpful tips, but don't kill me. Yes, folks should know better, but since it doesn't happen still, let's take precaution. If you're going to visit a priest for the first time or 10 times or after 50 times, take someone with you, please. Oh my goodness, just avoid any tragedies. If you absolutely can't take someone with you, please let someone know where you are at. Before you start the reading, give a quick call letting someone know that you are Baba so-and-so's house and give the address and make up whatever to make that call. That after the reading, it should take you about, I don't know, 20 minutes to get to them for whatever it is, your haircut, your movie appointment, whatever it is, and that you're going to give them a call when you're done. I don't care if you're calling your work voicemail, but this can help in two ways. Number one, it will let the priest know that someone you know knows where you are just in case. And number two, it will let someone that you know where you are just in case. So it's going to let the priest know and it's going to let you know and the person that you know. Basically, you're covering both bases and that is what you want. I don't know if you haven't been hip to Google and their apps yet, but if you're a fan, I'm a fan. Share your location with someone in Google Maps. You can do Google sharing or sharing your location. I think that's what it's called, sharing your location. And that way it will let someone know, someone that you trust, where you are at. This can save your sanity and the people that you love. It can save their sanity as well. Plus, if anything happens, we can totally track it for anything legal that may happen later on. When going to see a priest, male or female, it doesn't matter. Don't dress inappropriately. Sorry, ladies, no short shorts, no short skirts, and no pants that can make camels cry. We do not want to see your boobs, etc. You know what I mean? Like nothing that is overly sexual and, you know, club attire, none of that. And men, we don't want to see the silhouette of your mysteries either. So please don't turn off the podcast just yet. 
Seriously, in a perfect world, a person should be able to walk around naked outside without being humped by a pack of sex-crazed wolves, but we do not live in a perfect world. Let's just avoid any situation first. Now, ladies, bring a skirt, a wrap, or a lapa if you are going to change your clothes in that priest's house. Wear tights underneath that skirt or wear that wrap or that skirt on top of your jeans or pants. Remember, if you're sitting with a babalao, it will most likely be on the floor and you will be in front of that priest. That means that you will be facing the priest. So let's keep some mysteries a mystery. Important, there is nothing sexual that you will ever have to do with any priest ever. I want this to sink in, so I'm going to repeat it. There is nothing sexual that you will have to do with any priest ever. There is no special juju, akoshe, mystery, or anything that will ever have to be inserted into you by any priest for some good fortune from Ifa or Orisha, for you to have luck, for you to get a job, for you to get children, ever. Okay? It's very important that you know that because a lot of the newer people, they come in and they fall to the predators because they don't know that rule. Now let's talk about baths. There should never be a time that any male priest is with a woman in the bathroom or anywhere near them when a bath must be given to them. Never, never, ever, ever. If a babalao is the one who is presiding over this ritual or bow bath, that's fine. However, there must always be women available to help. If you're working with a babalao, for example, these are going to be called apetibis. They're the women helpers. A babalao, let's say his wife is an apetibi and she's not available, then he might call on to some of his goddaughters or even godsisters so that they can come and assist the babalao. Let's say that you are a lady, then other ladies, one or more, will assist you in your bath. There are some houses that will ask the ladies to bring a bathing suit so that they are comfortable during that situation, and some will just do the full Monty, but not really because the woman will be facing away from the assistants, at least on most houses. The point is that no man should be with a woman naked doing their bath ever. I mean it, ever. If you're a man, then no woman should be assisting you with your baths either. Other men would be the ones who are there who will assist you to bathe, to hand you over your towel, your clothes, to help you, you know, step out, etc. They're the ones who are going to do that, not a woman. Now, I said that this was going to be a little, un the beginning of an uncomfortable conversation. So here we go. What if you are gay, bisexual, or you have an alternative sexual lifestyle? This is where it can get a little dicey. So I've gathered some rules from other houses who have had challenges in that department, and they have shared some of their wisdom with me, and I am going to share them with you. If the client, the godchild, is gay, let's just use this as an example. It's a gay man. It's a bisexual man or a gay man. 
Then, if the client or godchild is gay, for this example, let's say a man, then they would put a straight man or straight men to assist in the bath situation. Same for women. That way, there is no confusion, no tension, no nervousness going on during the bath. Now, let's talk about ebos. There may be a time where you need to get a cleaning with something over your body. Again, this can be an interesting situation, and there are some things that we have to keep in mind. If you are, let's say, for this example, getting a cleaning from a babalao with the fly whisk, the iruquere, or you might say the iruque, then don't worry. The iruque is what is going to be touching the body, not the hands at any point. Now, what if you have to get cleaned with an animal? Same premise. The body or the wings of the animal will touch the person's body, not the person, the priest itself. Okay, so it'll be the body of the animal touching you, not the hands of the priest or priestess. What if you need a cleaning with a cloth? That happens often. There is a way that a priest can do this cleaning without their hands being flush with your skin. I have seen it happen, but there are ways for it not to happen. The priest can drape the cloth over you. Another way is to hold two ends and the bulk of the cloth will be touching your body, just the fabric itself, but not the hands. There's another way that you cover the person and then you remove the cloth from the end. So let me see if I can explain it to you. So you are the person getting it and they're going to drape over the cloth and quickly remove it. That's a way of a cleaning. There are just ways that you can get a cleaning that does not mean that the priest's skin, the hands, will be on your body or a hand canvassing the body or their body parts. Like, you know, just like a priest is not going to be rubbing up against you. There are just ways to do this in a respectful manner. Okay, moving on. There may be many things that you may need to have a cleaning with. Herbs, for example. There's still a way to clean off a person without filling them up. Because this episode could go on for hours and hours and hours. I am going to say this. A sexual misconduct is that, a sexual misconduct, and it is a punishable crime. Just because someone is an initiated priest, don't think for a minute that if they have a problem that it's going to magically go away because they're initiated. People are people, and if they have an issue, they will act on that issue. This episode is not to scare you. Please don't rush off to the nearest church and convert. This episode is to start these hard conversations so that we can make our communities a better and safer space for all. The new folks, the Alejos and the Aborishas, and of course, to the existing community. Just think about this for a moment. We have sexual misconduct in every religious arena. We can go on and on to talk about the Catholics, the Christians, the Buddhists. I was 
my mind was blown in all of the materials that I was gathering while I was even thinking about this episode. We don't even need to get into the whole thing of what happened in the Catholic Church. And it's still happening. And they're trying their best to cover it up. We can talk about for days on many Christian churches with the pastors and the deacons and this and that. We can talk about the rapes and the babies and all kinds of stuff. It happens. I think that one of the reasons why it does happen so often is because, think about it, people go to faith. I'm not going to use church because not everything is a church. It could be a temple or whatever. So people go to faith because they want something higher to believe in. They want somewhere where they can feel safe. They want to put away their past. They want to get better. They want to overcome a problem. They want a lot of things that involve you working on yourself. And when you go to this area of faith, you're going almost, okay, with your heart open. And that leaves us very vulnerable because you believe, you absolutely believe that this person is there to help you, mandated by God, by Orisha, by Krishna, by Buddha, by whoever, by the Lord of the Flamingos. It doesn't matter. You really do want to believe. And we kind of leave all reason and caution to the side, and we just give ourselves fully to this faith. And when we do that, we become prey to the predators who are in there. Just because you attend the same church that I do, that does not mean that I am going to leave my kids with you because I think that you're holy. Because a lot of misconduct has happened because there's too much trust. And trust has to be earned. And I want to put this out there. This is a very difficult conversation. And it took me a really long time to bring to you because some of the stories that the community have shared with me, they have brought me to my tears, like to my knees, to tears. They have been so sad, so graphic. And I thought that we had evolved. Apparently we haven't. So when I was taking the time to research for this podcast episode, I realized, you know what? What I've been saying still goes here. People are people. And I come from a point of view of, I try to look for the better in people. And I'm thinking that people are going to be better, but sometimes they're not. And you can still have an optimist outlook on life and on people, having faith in people, but you should still be cautious because it could save you from a tragedy. What if you trust a priest with your child and a sexual misconduct happens? Your world can physically turn upside down forever. You will always be changed by that experience. And a lot of these things could have been avoided 
if we just should have exercised a bit of caution. And we can still do our best to work with priests and work within the community, but still keep a certain reservation so that we can have a much more enjoyable time and avoid problems. I'm going to tell you something that I wasn't even thinking about putting into this episode, but it had kind of circled my mind. So I love TV and I love fantasy and I love all kinds of movies like, um, I don't know, Harry Potter. Of course, everybody knows I love Harry Potter, but I love action movies like spy movies. Like remember Burn Notice, for example? Trust me, this does have a point. Just, Just go with me here. Burn Notice is about a spy who falls in love with another spy and his world is turned upside down. And at the end, at the end, what they wanted was just normal, just plain normal. Sometimes we're seeking all of this excitement and all of this whatever. And if we're just cautious, we will have fun, but still normal and just safe. And Sometimes a lot of people look for excitement and they think that danger is this great thing, but you wouldn't want to be at the end of that danger bit, that somebody has been terrible to you, has had a sexual misconduct with you. If you have been raped, your child has been molested, it is never a fun time. That's when danger goes out the window and you want safe, boring, normal. These traditions are far from normal and far from boring, but we have to, we have to, we owe it to ourselves and to our community and to our loved ones to do everything in our power to stay safe, okay? If you feel that someone has done something to you in the name of Orisha by putting fear in you or has threatened you in any way, I want you to know that this is a criminal matter. This is a law matter. And yes, the police should be alerted. This is where that quote unquote friend who is with you would have come into play or the person who knew you were there. I want to give you this tip, which has been given to me by people who work in the law arena. Buy yourself a little notebook. 25 cents, 50 cents, or just any notebook that you have in the house. And if anything has happened to you, begin to jot down everything that has happened in a sexual nature with this priest or person. This doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be with a priest. With this person. We want dates, times, what happened and what they did. Make sure that this account is very matter of fact and not emotional, meaning that you're not going to write, you know, this SOB, he rubbed himself on me because that's not what's going to help to deal with this matter. What they would be looking for would be, this is an example. Then he asked me to close my eyes and I did. And the next thing I knew, I felt his XYZ body part rubbing up against my left arm. And this is just an example, but you get what I'm saying. It has to be very matter-of-factly. You write things down as they were without an emotional attachment. 
when you are dealing with the police or with lawyers, if you have to go to court for this, this is going to be important. Make sure you write dates, times of when it happened. Let's say that something happened and he called you back. He called me on, you know, November 3rd at 3.22 PST time. And this is what happened. And you keep an account chronologically in that notebook. Next, what do you do? Yes, the police should be contacted first. That is a must. But next, contact folks in the community. By now, you are probably in at least 50 boards of some kind dealing with Arisha. So you'll be able to figure out who are elders there. Contact one of them and see how to best proceed. If they're part of an Egbe and you are able to get your hands on the name of their godfather or godmother, then go find that and speak to them about that. Now, remember that not everyone is part of an association, like an Orisha association, like the so-and-so association of Ifa priests or whatever. Not everybody is part of it, but it is still good to contact folks in those associations to let them know about the conduct of a particular priest, because that way it will shed some light on that individual and warnings can begin to go out. I am part of several groups that when these warnings come out, we are aware that priest so-and-so, godchild of so-and-so and so-and-so living in XYZ state or country has been accused of blah, blah, blah. Now, we understand that the law is everybody is innocent until proven guilty. However, for some reason or another, sometimes these accusations take a long time for them to be done in court. So in the meantime, at least that can help to shed some light. I am definitely not an advocate of spreading gossip and slandering a priest. We're talking about people's reputations. So this advice is coming because of people who have been molested or raped, not because that priest didn't like me, so I'm going to spread some rumors. I wanted to date him, and I thought he was hot, and he turned me down, so I'm going to destroy him. This is not what we're talking about, and that type of behavior is wrong on many, many levels. This advice, when we're asking people to reach out, is to save others from a real predator. So if we're asking folks to go on to, I don't know, the association or elders in a particular community, it is so that folks can warn others. This is not to slash somebody's reputation or to slander them at all. Another point that we have is the issue of, oh my God, he knows what I look like. He's going to hurt me or she's going to hurt me. Okay, people, we have to learn from history. Many bad, 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 bad people in the past have kept hurting many more people because their victims stayed silent. It is not easy for any victim of any sexual misconduct to come out. Even now in the United States, we are still struggling with the blame the victim issue. 
that victims come out and they're like, well, it's probably his fault or her fault. However, these points of views are changing, thankfully, and many lives have been saved from serial killers, serial rapists, serial bad people. Because of the bravery of just one person, it inspired other people to come out. Remember, predators of any kind, they feed on that fear because it is their playground to keep damaging others. Let's be that one that begins to bring upon change. We have to ask ourselves the questions. Was I cautious? Did I bring someone with me? Did I tell someone where I was? Was my behavior okay? We have to ask ourselves, did I put myself in a safe place before entering this arena? We have to always keep ourselves aware. That was the word I was looking for. Aware. Aware of your surroundings. I want to let you know, and I put this, I put a note on big letters. Important. Very, very big. If anything feels uncomfortable to you, you have to exercise reason and your intuition. If it feels wrong, just grab your stuff and excuse yourself and leave. It's just not worth it. Yep, even if the middle of stuff, whatever's going on, if you feel that your safety is in jeopardy from a sexual predator, please just get out. Seriously, my cat just died. I just got an important text. My son's babysitter started puking blood. I gotta go. And you get out. Seriously, nothing should lead to a disaster if you practice self-awareness and awareness in your surroundings. Things could happen. Maybe somebody will employ force, but if you do your best, that's all I'm saying, just to do your best, to be cautious and aware. And if it feels wrong, get out. Get out. My thing is, I want to begin this very uncomfortable conversation. I've gotten so many stories, and you know what? Enough is enough. I think we need to talk about it. I need to bring things out into the open. I want you to bring things out into the open, to be aware, just to know that this is not a hush-hush thing. We're not trying to keep this quiet. We're trying to help each other so that we can be in a safe environment so that we can grow spiritually, so that we can get our ebos done, we can get our work done and not have to worry that this priest has a bad habit of, you know, rubbing me on my left breast every time I pass by. Like, really, we have to exercise those things. And if something feels uncomfortable, you should be able to voice it. Like, you know, I really don't do touchy-feely. I'm, I'm just that way. I'm sorry. And sometimes they're like, uh-oh, well, I can't with her. And poof, you saved yourself from that one, okay? So this has been an episode that I've been thinking about and dreading it at the same time because I know the weight that it can give to some folks, especially if you have been a victim of a sexual misconduct within the structure of the Yoruba traditions. So if you have been, a victim. I want you to know that my heart goes out to you. And 
Nothing like that should have ever happened. We can just learn from what has happened so that it doesn't happen to you or anyone else ever. That would be a great dream. Just not have this happen ever to anyone because it is very damaging. It's just, it can turn your world upside down. We have reached the end of this episode and oh my goodness, what a way to start the new year. Thank you so much for hanging in there with me till the very, very end. For the show notes, go to www.orishawisdom.com forward slash 33. If you liked this episode and found it valuable to you and your spiritual growth, share this podcast episode so that someone else can also get something out of it, especially this episode, which was, wow, this was one of those wow topics. And I would be so grateful if when you get a few minutes to spare, hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review. I read each and every one of them, and they give us the fuel to keep going and creating more content for your spiritual journeys. Those five minutes that you take to share your thoughts, they really, really, really mean the world to me. Stay tuned for the next episode where we will go through some of the reflections of last year and lessons learned. I cannot wait to share that episode with you. Until next time, may the elevated ancestors and all Orisha bless you immensely. Odabo! Thank you for listening to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes at orishawisdom.com forward slash podcast. Can't get enough of Orisha Wisdom? Check us out at orishawisdom.com and subscribe to our community. Remember, the wisdom of Ifa and Orisha is all around us. Be blessed and until next time.